My personal opinion of the guy is based on our very short interactions in between, where I think we had kind of gotten to a point where he thought he knew me, Ah. just because we, like, like he's always was very pleasant, like, when he would come in, he would be just leaving his, like, hey, how's it going? Like, good, how are you? Like, oh, pretty good. (laughs) And then, like, we'd shake hands or just, like, wave or something, and then um, go on, like... He was always nice to me, so I can't personally. I can't say yeah. a bad thing about him. Some of the the comic editorial decisions, eh, nobody has a perfect run. No, like I could, like yeah, you could say things about the new Fifty Two and stuff like that. Or, he always swung big. And, well, but I could say like there's stuff about like Jemis and uh, Quisada's runs as publisher and like editor in chief at Marvel that you can like. Oh, there's a lot of good, but. For all the good, there's also Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> so, so does this have anything to do then with their rumored big plans that were supposed to be coming through? Interesting question. Mm-hmm. No one seems to know because they don't even acknowledge that those big plans are happening. To expand on that, the big plans were the they were planning on making the characters generational again. Yes. Allegedly. And, well, that, that's what's a rumor. <laughs> yes. Uh, the, and so in that they were going to start retiring characters like Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, moving them to the background and having new people come in or new characters come in and take up the mantle and move forward, which isn't necessarily a bad idea. It DC did it in the 60s. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's... And they all came back. Well, sort of. Yeah, I the the difference between now and the sixties though is that those a lot of those characters actually had gone away for ten years yeah. in the sixties, right? And um, it was never Superman or Batman or Wonder Woman. No, no. But that is apparently part of the plan with oh yeah or the electric plan of all of this. Now the other thing is is that's supposed to roll out Free Comic Book Day. Yeah, I understand it's the Free Comic Book Day book that DC's got coming out. It's supposed to be kind of the kickstart to it. Um, is that the case anymore? Uh, that's a good question. I I have a feeling if you asked Jim Lee, he would kind of go. Say, I don't say, what do you think? Because he's uh, all by himself now. Right now, yeah. So, and I don't think he, I get the strong idea that he 
did definitely out of all the people involved, he didn't know until it happened. Yeah, oh, okay. is because I don't think he knew he was going to be in charge of everything, at least intermittently, <coughs> until they figure out what they're doing. I think the issue with that is that um, the general public, not the comic nerds who are a whole different kettle of fish who who will get up in arms about anything. But the general public knows Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman as Clark yep. Kent, Bruce Wayne, and Diana Prince. So, and I think that Time Warner AOL sees those characters as, sees DC Comics not so much as a money-making operation, but as a content factory. And... They're expecting stories with Clark Kent, Bruce Wayne, and Diana Prince. The Batman who's in the next movie is Bruce Wayne. Yeah. It's not, uh, what's his name? It's, it's Lucius Fox's son. Yeah. Is the rumor takeover. Here. Yeah. So, so I can see where the idea to overhaul the line of characters by updating them and creating new versions of them would hit a, would hit that kind of a wall when it comes to upper management with Time Warner. Uh, but you would have thought that would have been dealt with months ago. You would have thought. You know, it's like this, this, we're at the point where like this would have had to be started. Okay, so free the free comic book day, let's say that's actually the starting mm-hmm. point. So six months to a year because mm-hmm. that book had to get written and drawn. Right. Uh, and it is we know that but there's also stories of like some of the comics have had the the story point mentions that they were supposed to have rewritten and written out of them and yeah stuff like that. so i don't know i've been out of the comics loop for a while so i don't know really what's going on in- and i don't buy a lot of dc books so well that- so, so here's the easy way around all this if they want to Take your, you know, move forward, introduce your new characters, and you do that. You continue this, you know, the the timeline that they've just reestablished as being part of the pre-52 again. Mm -hmm. You just continue those stories moving forward, and you introduce more or less an ultimate universe. And then you can start with the young Clark Kent or the younger... You reintroduce your new 52 as a separate universe. That's a great idea. They did it and nobody cared. (laughs) It was that year one set of books they were doing. And still periodically... Yeah, but see, those are one-shot books that don't tie into one another. The problem is that since the 1960s, they've never done a complete hard reboot of their universe, right? If they want to rejigger their continuity, they need a break where everything starts fresh. And with New 52, they're like, well, we like what's going on in Batman and Green Lantern, so we're not going to mess with that and not change it, which then messes up the continuity of everything else. I like well, and comics fans the problem are, of retelling stories they already told. Right. And comics fans are also are they want they want something new but they don't want anything to change. Yeah. So it you know, they're damned if they do and they da- damned if they don't. Just create a bunch of books that are that tell good stories is what I say. And we, we did get some good books out of the new 52. Yep. Uh, well, Azarello's Wonder Woman and uh that's the only one that's coming to mind right now. But uh, the, Green the Lantern. Book out of it. Oh well, yeah, but I'm not sure if you could. Morrison's uh, Action Comics. Yeah, but both Batman and 
and Azrael's Wonder Woman, you could also argue, had nothing to do with the new 52. Wonder Woman especially. Yeah. She got a new costume, but that book was completely off the, the map of everything else yeah. that was going on in the DC book. So like I... The other DC book, she was dating Superman. Yeah. Azrael's run did not mention that yeah. whatsoever. Wasn't so... even hinted at. I don't know. I when when you when you bring this back to Didio, like, did he just piss too many people off with his? Okay, we're going to change this. We're going to change this. We're going to change this. I don't know. But as long as DC comes out, still a, a strong, viable comics publisher. And come on, let's face it: too, comics publishing is not what it was even in the '90s, right? Like, there's there's. I think I think DC Comics is a loss leader for. Time Warner. That's been the story for, and I'm, I assume this. I assume the same thing about Marvel for Disney. That that uh, comic book side that of it. Comic yeah, book doesn't publishing make doesn't make any money, but it's a free content factory for and them. And it allows them to keep the copyright up to date. Yes, and you don't all, have any lapses. And it generates the rest of the merch. Yeah. Yes. Right. So. I don't know. Let's see where this falls out. By the yeah, time we get to... I'm curious where he lands. Or does yeah. he just go into retirement? Well, he came from television originally, didn't he? He, was, uh, he, he was, worked on Mainframe. He worked on Reboot, yeah. Became, because he's... He worked on... And didn't reboot, he come... Yeah, Reboot. Yeah, Reboot's he, he, the best. I, I, I love, love that show, yeah. He came out of that, and I think he worked for ABC Saturday Morning at the back then, too. Yeah, it's, a, it's one of those things that, like... But what he was making at DC, assuming he doesn't have a gambling problem, he could probably retire now and not oh, yeah. have any issues. And Because it, I kind of wonder if he'll be like, uh, this is an interesting one to bring up, Tom DeFalco at Marvel. Like, he's a guy who, during the 80s and 70s and 80s, worked on and wrote so many books. Mm-hmm. And was an editor-in-chief at one point and all that stuff. And now he's a guy that you, like, you barely hear from. Yeah. Like, he just sort of, when he was done, he was down to uh, Spider-Girl with Marvel for uh, its first run. And when it ended, he just kind of drifted off into retirement. Like, you see him do cons every once in a while, but very rarely. Yeah. Like, he's one of those guys that I would love to talk to just because of the period that he worked in. Yeah. So part of my childhood but uh yeah so interesting times at dc yep uh so i guess then the other big news item is this one's the big news item everywhere uh well coronavirus and how it's affecting everything Mm. so Um, before we go into that we will state yes we realize it's a very serious health problem and we're not trying to lower the, the the facts on the human toll that it's taking. But our show doesn't really cover stuff like that. No. So we're talking it in terms of how it's affecting pop culture. Yep. So continue, Ryan. I don't necessarily know if you needed to put that no, there, I, but... Weirdly, I've seen it a lot. Is like somebody will mention something and it's like... Oh, but what about the people who died? And like, no. well, yeah, but it's you know, it's a very serious matter. But we're not, we are not the ones to be talking about the serious, the really serious yeah. part. Well, no, it's not like we're talking, going to be talking shit about it either. But okay, either way, 
Uh, so, yeah, Emerald City Comic Con was supposed to be going on this weekend, so it's been postponed for fears of the virus. Until mm-hmm. the summer, which... Did they give a date? No, because I imagine what the next step that those guys have to do is you try and find a hole in the convention series. Like, yeah. We talk about it every year. <coughs> it gets pretty filled up quick. Finding a date that doesn't conflict with another convention. And especially West Coast, right? You've got WonderCon and San Diego. San Diego. Plus, how so, long does this go? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, it started off with people pulling, vendors and stuff pulling out, or, you know, and then uh, uh, artists and guests pulling out, and then so they just postponed the whole con. Uh, and today they announced South by Southwest is, is has been canceled. That's right. right. Yeah. Uh, oh, and so, so far, the first of the possible many uh, blockbuster movies that are moving the openings uh, happened this, over the last couple of weeks. James Bond, yep. the next Bond movie, uh, No Time to Die. They postponed to November. Which is a long time, if you think about it. So that was specifically because of the virus? They they more or less stated that it's the, the Chinese box office. Oh. That's, they were, because... We're getting at this weird tipping point with budgets. Budgets on these big, huge blockbusters are so high. That's why everybody's willing to make concessions for China. Because if you do really good box office in China, you'll hit, like, break-even weekend one. Yep. Weekend two is all gravy. Right. But, uh, so, yeah, so that... But uh, Disney... So people keep wondering, and we've had this discussion ourselves... Uh, whether or not uh, Mulan will be moved. Disney right now has mm. no plans for moving it, and apparently they've actually come out and uh, uh, have currently have no plans to move uh, Black Widow either. Hmm. Uh, there was rumor that it may be moved, and if it does get moved, it'll get moved to November and bump Eternals to 2021. Hmm. We'll see, but I, 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 don't, I think the problem with Black Widow is it's too... We're coming up on it too quick to, to move, James, because it's not just the movie that you're moving. You're moving all the press tours, and actors mm-hmm. have to be available for stuff like that. Which is my argument for Mulan, because Mulan comes out first. Mm-hmm. It's it's damned if they do, damned if they don't. The problem is, is Mulan is like, they have geared that towards Chinese box. Oh, it's totally a Chinese totally movie. And utterly. Yeah, but it'll just have a later release date in China. The problem is it's bootleg. Oh, yeah, that's that true. It's like not to disparage that country, but <coughs> it's the, the Hong Kong and and mainland China is the land of bootleg movies. True. It's, you know, once it gets out, they'll, they'll hurt the box office in China. And that's why, like, James Bond is partially being moved that far. But we'll, we'll see. I'm looking forward to that movie. Uh, I'm, oh, yeah. I can't wait to see it. Oh, yeah. Mulan looks great. It's my uh, family friendly, my family friendly Hong Kong wushu style action film from yeah. Disney. Never thought that would happen, but here we are. Ooh, we got our first look at the new Batmobile. Oh, I just wanted to before we leave the topic of, uh, of, coronavirus. of the coronavirus. So I also learned that read that the. Um, Mission Impossible 7 shooting has been postponed because it was supposed to film in Venice and Italy, Northern Italy is a hotbed of the virus. So they've actually had to postpone filming on that. And also Disney has closed all its parks in Asia indefinitely. That's the Japanese, the Chinese and Japanese parks. Most public places like that are closed. That's why we keep 
harping on the box office. Movie yeah. theaters are closed. Yeah. yeah. All of them. Yeah. So, and I think Universal has closed their park in Japan as well. I believe so, yes. Uh, and there's worry about the Olympics. They may not happen this summer because of it. So. Well, and then just something I guess we'll follow up one more thing then. It does also talk that, you know, all this, everybody that's waiting to get their baby Yoda fix may end up having to wait a little longer. Gasp! I know. Because, you know, yeah, some, you know, with everything going on over in Asia, a lot of the stuff is built there. And there's going to be, there's already, you know, there's shipping delays, there's factory yep. delays, there's, you know. Yeah, the toy delays are, they're, they're going to start coming. happening. Well, we, we are involved in one, actually. We, Ryan, Jen, and I backed a Kickstarter for these goblin toys called Plunderlings. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, I forgot about and that. They, well, we're supposed to be getting them next week. Oh, really? Like, supposed to, oh. was, would be sometime either February or March. Yeah. And they had a tooling delay, and they knew that was going to set them back about a month. And then this happened, and they're like, "Sorry, guys, yeah, we don't, because their their factory is somewhere in like one of the the harder hit regions." Yeah, but at least they're keeping us up to date. Well, but even as much as they can. Yeah, and that took a while because, come on, guys, chill. Because <laughs> like the backers of this project. Chill, because yeah. they were like, "Why haven't we heard updates in a while?" Well, it's because they don't know. Yeah. You know, if people aren't going to work if over there. Nobody in the fact the they can't pick yeah. up the phone to tell you. That I mean, nobody there. we waited five years for those scary godmother dolls. I'm very patient when it comes to Kickstarters. Yeah. I didn't have to wait that long for the Trog Trog board game. We still haven't played. Though. No, that that was pretty quick. <laughs> we need to play that game. But I, I'm curious what there'll. I'm figuring there'll be at least one or two more big movies that are going to be moved their release dates. Problem is, is everything. If everything starts to get moved, then you start crowding up and running the risk of running right. into one. Another. Well, and the other problem is that now the coronavirus has made its way not just to the states but also to Canada. There's been a couple of uh, cases in Toronto and Windsor, or not Windsor, Waterloo and Peel. So, I mean, how long is it before places around here get started to get closed down, too? Well, yeah, and it's, like, you know, there's it's un- the uncertainty of everything. Like, it, like our friend Alex Greenfield, he, he's, he's got his, what he calls basically his first big budget movie, is set to film in the Toronto area sometime this month. Mm-hmm. And he is worried to death that the studio is going to... Just put it in the, the turnaround, even though they're almost ready to go. One thing I have read and and uh, heard reports on, though, is that public health works better in this country than in America. Yes. So uh, thank goodness for that. <laughs> so the the likelihood of it to be more widespread is it's lower here than it is in the U.S. It's not to say it's not possible. Yeah. No, definitely. Happen, but we, we were talking with a nurse friend of ours last night. And what she hopes happens, and this is the weird way of putting it, is that it gets declared a pandemic. Because if it gets declared as a pandemic, we have funds set aside for that, Mm -hmm. but they're not released until that actually happens. When that happens, those funds go out, and then it it starts freeing up a lot more shit. It's a new ball game, then. Yeah. Yeah. So... Let's move away from viruses. All right, but back into the not the non-important stuff that we'll usually talk about. Uh, once again, yes, we got our first look at the new Batmobile. Yay, distractions. It's a car. It's a muscle car. <laughs> it, it looks... A man dressed like a bat sits in it. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> it looks like something that 
Bruce and Alfred could have slapped together in the Batcave themselves this time. It really looks like, uh, what's his name? There is an artist named uh, Francisco something. Oh, crap. His name. He did uh, a lot of the covers for Afterlife with Archie. Okay. So he draws a lot. Like He's one of those guys like Fosgate who's always drawing. And he did like Batman 77 one year and just drew like Batman... Uh, movie posters as if like it there it had been done like a Scorsese film, right? And his Batmobile looks a hell of a lot like this one. And he drew this like I want to say like five six years ago. Oh yeah. Without the big engine sitting in the back of it that that glows or whatever that we see in the photos, but that's oh, that's maybe that's where they got the design from. Hmm? Who um, knows? Yeah, looks pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it looks fine. I think the bat suit pictures look okay too. Um, wait to see until everything's on. Well, screen. exactly, because those those ones we saw on the motorcycle that wasn't even him; that was the stunt double. Yeah. So it wasn't necessarily even the full costume because there would have been some CGIing going on there. And yeah, we all know how I feel about Batman. Hopefully, we don't get his origin. That's oh, the only thing I'm really hoping with this film. You don't want me to scream at the movie theater again? Although that kind of makes me want to get it, <laughs> just for this, like just sit there. And I almost want to go, like, get you guys to go, and I'll sneak into the back. So I can just hear from the back, like, from me at the back of the theater here. Ah, fuck, from Jen. As Bruce Bruce Wayne's parents get murdered one more time. No, I believe what I yelled was, we already know, get on with it. (laughs) (laughs) So we've got some casting news for uh, Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, Valkyrie actress Tessa Thompson has revealed that Christian Bale has signed on to play a villain. In cool. The movie. Which is not what we guessed. No. no. Unless they're making Beta Ray Bill, Bill a villain, yeah. which doesn't really fit. So My introduction to Beta Ray Bill was as a space janitor. That's very true. <laughs> so the meme I saw today following this was that uh, you say, oh... Christian Bale is going to put on a little bit of weight for this next role because he's, you know, and then they show the picture and it's Galactus. Because <laughs> mm. he's such a method actor. Mm. No. He somehow just, figured out how to eat planets. Yeah. We just see, like, the next set of photos is him working with stilts. And he guesses to what villain he might be? None. Honestly, I think, not a clue. I read this somewhere, so I can't. Claim originality on this on this thought, but the villain from the Jane Foster Thor books, the guy that um, the Roxon president or whatever, the guy that owns Roxon, like the company, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who's oh. also a Minotaur. Oh, who's he's like a main bad guy in the Hulk right now too. Yeah, like in the I Hulk could comic. totally see <coughs> Christian Bale playing that character because you know it's like just a, a person who's yeah. like. Who's what, also a minotaur. Yeah. And what I've, what I've he read... He can change into a minotaur. Because why not? Because well, it, it comes out of uh, a lot of the Immortal Hulk. And it's basically... It's the, the reason why Hulk is fighting monsters again right now. Okay. Yeah. It's, uh, and how that character is portrayed could completely see Christian Bale actually doing that role. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. If you've read any of the Jane Foster Thor stuff, uh, yeah, he's quite often the main bad guy in that book. Yeah, okay. So, but that's just my thought. Could he be somebody like Absorbing Man or or uh, 
the Wrecking Crew, they were like old time Thor villains. What happens if absorbing Nam absorbs Jello? Does he just like disintegrate because Jello mm. can't really hold up? It becomes weight? a gelatinous cube. <laughs> Next, uh, oh, Mark Ruffalo, everybody's favorite Hulk, is in talks to appear in Disney Plus's She Hulk. Show. Mm. I love which Mark we have Ruffalo. all been speculating and hoping for anyway, because it kind of makes sense if they're going to at all touch on her origin. Assuming they find an Allison Brie type to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, with that, um, you know who I saw throw her hat in the ring in a very funny Twitter kind of uh, escapade that I think uh, Jen will appreciate because she liked the show that she was on was uh, Terrence Spencer Narn. Who was in Corner Gas? Oh, I did see that. Which one? Who she? She was Karen. Oh, Karen the cop. Oh okay. yeah, and I liked she, her. She said it worked for Simu Liu. Yep, she put a picture of her, and she's got abs. Like she's been working, it, out. working out pretty good, and 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 exactly what you said is like worked for. And he retweeted it. So that's funny. The interesting thing is, is now um, there is a bunch of Marvel people following her. On Twitter now because of this, like yeah. Dan Slot, for instance, I think is one of the people. Oh, good for her. All I really know about She-Hulk is that she was Squirrel Girl's lawyer in one of the issues of Squirrel Girl I read. There's so many sort of variations, much like the Hulk, too. Variations on that character, and we don't know which one they're going with yet. I hope they go with Jen Walters, superheroes. Lawyer. lawyer. Yeah, she was kind of awesome because the she was the defense. So what's the other side? The prosecution. Yeah. Their whole um, <laughs> the way that they were tr- going to try to win the case was just to get her mad. So they. Just you kept... should read some She Hulk comics. I think you'd like them. Sure. The, the Dan Slot run of She Hulk is it's the, is it's fantastic. Reprinted in like two or three pretty yeah trades at this point. I like the Burn Run from the nineties too, where yeah. she broke the fourth wall. Yeah. Well, now she that was... Squirrel Girl's done, tear. Yeah. Um, there's, I, I don't really have any superhero comics on the go. I wanted to read Captain Marvel and Ms. Marvel, um, but when we went to the comic shop, they in didn't the have in the one. slot run of She Hulk, you can she can use Marvel comics as evidence because they they're approved by the Comics Code, and uh-huh. so that means that they're true, and so she can <laughs> use them as evidence in her cases. That's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you can add that to the list, Brent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, Suicide Squad wrapped filming this week. They uh, marked the occasion by tweeting out or Instagramming out a massive cast photo. Yep. So that, you know, that's nobody that knew in it though. No, everybody started like, "Oh, who's in this one that we did?" Because that's like how we got the stuff with uh, what's his face, uh, Nathan Fillion. Mm. Like you know, photos like that, and like nothing. But yeah. I'm curious to see what that movie is when it comes out because yeah. uh, James Gunn also came out and said it's a lot of practical, not a lot of CGI. Wait, Nathan Fillion's in Suicide Squad? Yes, nope. he is. Oh, well. Pretty much everybody that just James piqued my Gunn interest a little bit. Is he like arm fall off man or something? There was rumors like that this. he was that. He figured it out. It's a uh, it's a yeah. DC villain that's probably it's like Rat Catcher or somebody yeah. yeah but yeah so that's not supposed to be coming out until uh, August 6th of 2021 yep so another whole year plus uh well here we go some Disney news <coughs> Longtime CEO Bob Iger stepped down and has uh from his position with the company and Bob Chapek 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 
uh, has been named his, his successor. Yeah, that um, seemed to happen really quickly this week, too. But unlike the DiDio uh, 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 changeover, this was not a surprise. This was Iger. Iger has wanted to retire for years. Well, I was going to say, wasn't he originally supposed to retire a while back yeah. and decided to stick around and then it's like, um, Yeah. Well, and then it's like, oh, we're going to buy this big company. Okay, Iger better stick around to that for that. Oh, we're going to buy Fox. Oh, we're going to spend $70 billion. Uh, Iger better stick around for that. So now it looks like all of the acquisitions are done for the time being. And he's getting well. The getting's <laughs> good. <laughs> now he's not actually leaving. He hasn't actually left the company. Yeah. He's he's got some he's new kind of, title. Oh, I didn't see that part. I, yeah, I saw was that he was stepping down. So he's no longer CEO. He's like chairman emeritus or something. <coughs> Excuse me. And he has said that he wants to stay on, and um, and handle more of the creative side of things and not worry about the finances as much. Um, I think that means what it really means is he wants to be around for Disney World's 50th anniversary next year and uh, <coughs> excuse me and that kind of thing. He he's <coughs> got to stay employed so he can get in for free. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sure with the amount of money that that Bob Iger has made for the company, um he's he's in for they, life. They they would at least give him a 10% discount. Yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> there were rumors that he wanted to run for president. And his wife said no. Uh, president of the United States. Yeah, president? yeah, oh, yeah. No. He wanted to run for president of Disney. He wanted to step down um, from being CEO to only now. Chapek is an interesting guy. Chapek comes from. He was head of parks, resorts, and experiences. He's been with the company for twenty-seven years. <coughs> Apparently, uh, he's only been head of parks and resorts for the last four or five. Um, he, He's not particularly beloved in the Disney fan community His, uh, because they blame him for entertainment cutbacks. Like, remember when Galaxy's Edge first was announced, it yeah. looked like there was going to be droids roaming around and there's going to be all kinds of characters. And Chapek was the guy who said, we can't afford that, cut the entertainment budget. Well, the, the theory I heard about <coughs> the reason me. why he was picked is that exact thing. Is with all the money that they spent, that now they've got to go in and start tightening their belts a bit, mm. and he's the guy to do that. Right. I mean, they're still spending a ton of money building new experiences in yeah. all of their parks, but we've also got this fiscal situation right now with four of their twelve parks closed. <laughs> so um, you know, budgets are going to be lean and mean and tight uh, for the next little while. Yeah. So. But they do have this huge 50th anniversary celebration on the horizon, so... Depending on how this virus goes. Wow. They're too far gone. I mean, they're building building four new attractions at Walt Disney World right now, plus the Avengers Campus at California. So, uh, you know, they can't stop building those things, or else Epcot would just be a giant hole for the next, for for the foreseeable future. Um, It's a giant hole, right? It's not even a ride. It's just a hole. Stare into the abyss. They own own a black hole. (coughs) Pit of despair. Yes. So, (coughs) excuse me. Sorry about the coughing. Uh, But, yeah. So, it's an interesting time for Disney. I I think their stock took a bit of a hit when this was announced, but uh, they're a mega corporation. They'll bounce back. I don't think that's going to hurt them too much. He, I think Iger also said we had a we had a year last year where we had seven movies make over a billion dollars, and that's not going to happen again. So I'm going to go out well on top. Yeah. 
I'm the guy who had a ten it's billion dollar. Like one of those, like, you know, Eisner did a shitload of good for that company, but that last couple of years kind of tainted right. his his reign. Right. This guy's not going. No, Iger went. We made ten billion dollars at the box office last year. I'm going. See ya. Yeah, that's very wise. <laughs> so next, uh, so more Disney. Disney Publishing Worldwide has announced uh, the launch of an all new publishing uh, led Star Wars storytelling initiative. Oh, I heard about this. Uh, Star Wars: The High Republic. Yep, that looks cool. Set two hundred years prior to the Phantom Menace. So Yoda would only be about 700 years old. See, and I, so this, I, I like that kind of stuff because my whole love of, I mean, I love everything about Star Wars, obviously, in a certain degree. But my main attraction and love of Star Wars is the Jedi and the Force and their mystical, magical space wizard powers. So I'm really excited to hear about the High Republic, which is like the golden age that everybody always talks about. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I want to, I'm really interested to see these hear these stories about when you know the jedi weren't hunted and they were plentiful and you know hopefully they have the force flew a little flowed a little more freely uh so i I think they sound like good good books and this isn't the first time lucasfilm has done something like this right there was shadows of the empire back before was that after the prequels and before the disney takeover or was that before the prequels well before the prequels right so i mean that was that was uh, that was a huge push that Lucasfilm did to basically have everything that you could market about a st- about Star Wars without actually having a film. They did books, they did comics, there were yep. audio CDs, there was a soundtrack album, video right? games, toys. video games. I mean, that do- video game is still regarded as one of the yeah. Best Star Wars. Yeah. So yeah, doing books and comics is a lot cheaper than making a movie or a TV show. To and continue, I will deposit, I will posit this that I think there was a movie in the works. The High Republic? I, I believe that's what the Game of Thrones guys were working on. Uh, and and it's still, don't get me wrong, still in the works, but it has been sort of delayed because that would have been the whole rollout. Right. Would have been books and comics and blah, 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 right. blah. And then, oh, and one more thing. And they walk out on the stage at San Diego Comic-Con and everybody shits themselves. Now, (laughs) when we were talking about DC Comics, we were talking about how like Warner sort of looks at the comics as as a content factory. This is Star Wars' answer to that too, right? Like, So we've got books and comics announced. And if it... it is well received. We're, we'll end up with an animated series, or a live action series, or a tell, or a new movie based on this property. So I think it's a, I think it's a win win for everybody. Yeah, it's it's going to be kind of weird. There's a lot of Star Wars things in motion right now, mm-hmm. but the only thing that's really being filmed is Mandalorian season two. And the Cassian Andor series. It hasn't started filming yet. Oh, though. I thought it had. Uh, it's getting close, because he, he, uh, he's doing the rounds for, he's in Narcos. Right. And he, he's talking about it like it's getting ready to go. But it And hasn't. they haven't announced any new animation after Clone Wars 7? Not yet. Oh, I need to know what happened to Ezra. Do <laughs> you think that'll be their next announced project, like a, Re- so. a Rebels sequel? I think so. I think that's what the the secret project, the secret anime. <coughs> Brent has given me hope. <laughs> I, I I think Dave Filoni's not done with that, and he 
when he's not done with something, he sticks with it. That's yeah. why we're getting another Clone Wars 7, yeah. Wars, which has been good, by I've the way. I've heard that, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it has actually been pretty good. Yeah, uh, we got to watch the latest episode. We weren't home yesterday. Yeah, I didn't make it through the original series of Clone Wars. I kind of, like I said, Star Wars for me is, I, I like the Force and the Jedi, and I found Clone Wars just to be too government-y and too military. It's just right. like... Every episode to me was we're on this planet and the clones are fighting these pe- the droids. We're on this planet the, the clones are fighting. And I I that. couldn't get past. I tried to that. watch Clone Wars and it just it just yeah didn't grab me. The Same first thing. Season. Well, yeah, just skip the first season. That's what I've heard. So yeah, anyway, we found a video on YouTube that was like, oh, in preparation for the new series, here's a summation of Clone Wars, and I'm like, oh, I look, I just watched that. It's like 15 yeah. minutes. I still want to go through and pick out those episodes of Ahsoka yeah. and Ventress that I know you mm. like. Yeah. Yeah, and the part where gets so screwed over in all of it. Yeah, and 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 this the episodes that they showed where um, uh, Anakin talks to the the father and the son and the daughter. Mm. I wouldn't mind seeing those ones, but like, is Padme a major character on the show? Yeah, yeah, she is. It 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 varies from season to season. Depending on what and I mean, doing. I like that because the one thing I like about the Clone Wars is that it makes Padme actually more than just the mother of Luke and Leia. Yeah. Um. Which the movies did, in my opinion, did not do her justice. No. And, and this season, we have discovered that Obi Wan is stupid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't know that. Like, something's going it's like, on. It's like, well, I hope you said hello to her for me. Like, what? Anakin's been uh, covertly going for hologram videos to talk to her and mm. stuff. But we we also <coughs> this one. It's like we're getting closer to episode three territory. So she, they've animated her, so she's starting to show a little bit. Ah. At the very least, the body language-wise, she's starting to yeah. show. Like in the hologram, you kind of see her standing there with her hands like, you know, on her stomach. On her belly. But she doesn't really have like a belly showing right. that no. much, but she's got her, her hands kind of right. standing, you know, sitting there cool. like you would. But. Okay, next. Uh, HBO apparently is working on a Last of Us TV series. Yes, I heard that. I don't that. know much about that that game. It's a, kind of a, sort of a zombie survival. Post, yeah, post-apocalyptic zombie survival yeah, game. Uh, virus a, that turns everybody horrible did, or something. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty much that I know. And, um, it's supposed to be taking place, I guess, after the first game. There's, yeah. like, there's a time between the first and the second game, and so that would be where this series will slide into. Uh, ooh, we got a trailer for from Disney for Artemis Fowl, mm-hmm. uh, based Which on the book series. Which we saw tonight again. What did everybody think of that? Anybody have a history with those books? Or? I mean, the books are kind of old. Uh, when I was working in so is Lord of the Rings. Yeah, but Lord of the Rings is like a timeless classic. Mm. Artemis Fowl was very popular, but it was like a flash in the pan uh, book craze. And again, it was, I'm pretty sure I was working in Vaughn when they were popular. So that was want, yeah, it sounds about right. at least like 20, I left Vaughn in 2010. So I'm like, that's 10 years. Mm-hmm. I want to um, say it kind of followed the wave that Percy Jackson sort of. Well, made, and it was like... before Percy Jackson. Oh, okay. Artemis Fowl so was, was following like. Following the wave of Harry Potter. Yeah. yeah Artemis Fowl was kind of an, imbe- it was trying to be like a Harry Potter-esque <laughs> type. So it was, <clears throat> there was a lot of books for kids that came out in that time period after Harry Potter where it was, a lot of you're a young wizard, you're a young superhero, you're a young, you know, right? Which is great, and they were good books. I'm not, I'm not shitting on these books at all. I read a couple of them because I was a children's librarian, and they are good books. I'm just thinking that the the time has passed. Like, I don't think that they're well read anymore. 
I mean, I could be well, mistaken. Well, it could be a good time for it to come out as a movie. I certainly then. hope so. That like, And I hope it reinterests people in the books. Because like I said, they were good. <laughs> but I just don't know if you're going to have... 10 years is a long time. So the people who read the books originally, you know, they are teenagers now. They're not going to want to go and see this movie. Because, you know, it was a book they read when they were a kid. Yeah. And the kids now don't know the series because they were never introduced to it. I think part of the, the issue in terms of what you're talking about is that... This was a f- this was supposed to be adapted years ago. Like I just pulled up the the Wikipedia on it, and they started working on a film adaptation in two thousand one. So that that we're like hitting at the seventeen year mark. Yeah, and that like would have even, been a better time to release it. In and my that opinion. was with Miramax. But even beyond that, Disney was starting to try and put something together in two thousand thirteen, and then. 2015 is when they started getting everything together for this kind of version and uh, it's like sometimes film adaptations take a while to come out and then sometimes when they come out they're not really relevant to what they were working on (laughs) but we'll see look kind of cool yep yeah, I, honestly, I hope it does well and I hope it it does a resurgence for those books Hmm. but I'm not going to hold my breath on it I'm sorry (laughs) If the movie's good, it'll find an audience. Yeah, yep. and I really hope it is. Well, it the looks trailer good. looks interesting. I'll yeah. give it, like, I'm willing to give it a shot. Whether I see it in the theaters, so that's a little depends on what Because the whole, the whole gimmick for Artemis Fowl was that he was a villain. So it wasn't, he, you, you know, you, you're a wizard, Harry. It was, you're a super villain, Artemis. Well, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes that's more fun. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, oh, so um, Melissa ben, uh, Benoist and uh, Chris Wood, who was a Monel on Supergirl, and a yeah. new, and upcoming. she played Supergirl for yeah, those, and she's Supergirl, sorry, uh, and he, they're uh, they're together. I don't know if they're married. Yeah. They've been together for a few years now. Uh, they are having a baby. They had announced it on their Twitter or Here's Instagram. Here's how they or, write this in. I hope it's a boy and they name him Kal El, like yeah. in real life. <laughs> well, the speculation is that it might be a boy because in the photo you know, with their dogs and they make a comment about bringing a non, you know, puppy, a non-dog baby into the family, and she's holding up a blue T-shirt. But my guess is it's kind of a little early, maybe still to find out. Nah, if they're if they're announcing it, she's probably like you know three four months in. I would hope so, if not longer. But yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how it, how it affects the show. I I always love watching when you know that to see like um, like in Age of Ultron when uh, Scarlett Johansson was really pregnant, how they shot around her for mm. it because yep. she was pregnant on uh, for part of Winter Soldier or something too. So it's a, that's like yeah. that sort of the behind the angles they and, use and, and the, the one, behind they're like and, uh, they CGI'd out her baby her baby bump. Yep. They had to wear like a green. Midriff. Her stunt people got a lot more of a workout than they did the previous films. Yeah. Uh, so that yeah, that was news. That's a nice little story. Nice little news. Yeah, that's happy. Yep. Uh, Amazon has ordered a new season, uh, eight episodes of The Kids in the Hall. Yeah. I, I, I'm excited because I like Kids in the Hall. I, I knew I that's why I brought it up. I wasn't a huge fan of that mini series that they did a, a little but while that ago. One, what, the, the one on nope. CBC, yeah, the when Death, Death Comes, comes to, to Town or yeah. whatever it was called. Which, yeah, it was all right. It but was, it's not Kids in the Hall. Like, it wasn't. It wasn't, it wasn't. The Chicken yeah. Lady. It wasn't, I'm going to pinch your face, you know, squish your head. And, I'm curious how they update, like, if any of those characters come back. I would assume they're going to. But at the same time, maybe not. 
Yeah. I I thought they had kind of gotten to the the end of things with that last episode they they did. Yeah. What's that? Who's that man? That's Adolf Hitler, son. What's he doing? Why he's fucking a donkey? <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was one of my favorite skits. <laughs> Because it was a rejected skit or something like that. They just did it in the last episode. Uh, so there was a new documentary that was supposed to premiere at South by uh, South by, but I guess now it'll yeah. be coming out at a different time. Called uh, Insert Coin, and it's a documentary uh, chronicling the rise, fall, and continuing legacy of the video game company Midway. Midway Interesting. Games. Yeah. They're the ones that brought us uh, NBA Jam. It's a good thing Brent's so bad at the song. We don't have to worry about a copyright hit on that yeah. one. Yeah, I didn't even realize he was doing a song. I thought he was, was just going doot doot doot. That's part of the Mortal Kombat movie soundtrack thing there. Wow. If you heard the song, you'd be like, oh, that song. That's what he's trying to do. Yeah. But he did it badly. Yeah. That's cool. I'd, yeah. I'd watch that. Oh, same. That's why, I, that's why I brought it up. They are currently owned by Warner Brothers. Oh. Owns, uh, that's why we see DC characters in fighting Mortal Kombat characters so easily. Oh, okay. They're all under the same umbrella. And as far as news goes, that's it for me, folks. Alrighty, so we'll, we will take a detour to Florida. Woo! So... Why am I not still in Florida? Why aren't we all in Florida? Because you didn't find a good enough hiding site. That's true. Listen to the last episode. We honestly had written you off that you weren't coming back. Yeah, I wish I, I wish I wasn't. But uh, we, we expected by this point the the legends of the wild Canadian running amok. <laughs> uh yeah. If I could have, I would have. Uh, it was amazing. How did you want it to proceed? Do you want me to just talk about it, or do you want well, to throw uh, questions at or me? Let's go with we'll throw questions, but let's let's sort of keep it towards our, our genre. I okay. Because um, the other park stuff you've talked about, right? Let, let's go with the Star Wars stuff because oh. you haven't done that before. Okay. Well, let's. Uh, I'll I'll talk about the stuff that I haven't done, and I'll sort of go in chronological order of how I did it. The very first ride I did while I was there was a new ride to me and it was Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure. That's not a Disney World. No, I went to Universal first. Uh, Let me tell you, that is an amazing ride. It is a roller coaster with... It wasn't wasn't there when we went there? It just opened last summer. Because we went on a Hagrid's ride but it was like a little outdoor roller coaster. Yes, the little... That's the flying unicorn. No, this is, this is yeah. something different. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this is Hagrid's, Hagrid's Magical Creature Motorbike Adventure. Uh, it is... Um, the trains are set up so that one person sits on a motorbike and the other person sits in his sidecar. And you, get, you fly through the Forbidden Forest and you get to see um, Fluffy, the three-headed dog, and you get to see a unicorn grove and you get to see uh, the pixies and... Uh, the Whomping Willow, and it's 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 a roller coaster that's full of tricks. It's not it's not super intense. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a launched coaster, so there's no like big hills or giant drops. It just all of a sudden you're magically speeding up, right? Uh, but it does have some interesting tricks that I won't divulge in case people want to uh, discover them for themselves. Do you have to carry a baby while you're going through all of this? No. Uh, <laughs> But there is, and everybody in there is an onboard soundtrack, so you can hear Hagrid 
talking to you and yeah. uh, so we waited 90 minutes at the beginning of the day for it uh, it didn't open exactly when the park did I, it, there was some downtime but uh, it was worth the wait and then at the end of the night uh, <clears throat> most parks um, as long as the park is still open they will allow you to get into the queue for a ride mm-hmm. so the park closed at 10 o'clock that night and at like 9 55 we got in line for hagrid mm-hmm. and so it was the very last ride we did in the park that day too uh it's even better at night uh the lighting package on it is amazing the, the zipping through the forest in the dark is pretty cool uh, it's there's a, oh there's an animatronic Hagrid at one point that stops and talks to you. The ride stops and starts and it's it's just really fun. It's a really really fun ride. So that was my big new attraction at uh, Islands of Adventure. I also did King Kong, which was new, but I think it was there when you were there, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I really don't like broken. that ride. It was okay. We stood in line for like two and a half hours. The it was brutal. Was, no, the ride was good, but it wasn't worth the 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 time we spent. The- yeah, I think we spent about a half an hour in line yeah, for it. Well, it um, when you. Yeah, and it was fine. Uh, it was kind of fun. Uh, they used the exact same ride system on the other new new ride at um, Universal Studios, which is Fast and the Furious. <laughs> so um, if you've ever wanted to be in a car chase, it's the you're in a bus and you're being chased through the streets. And it was fine. Uh, I wouldn't waste my time standing in line for an hour for is that Vin either. Is Vin Diesel on the bus saying the word family a bunch of times? No, he's hanging from a helicopter. Oh, of course. And the way, <laughs> the way they filmed it, he looks like a giant. The helicopter looks to be about six inches long and he looks to be about six feet tall. So <laughs> it's it, the perspective is all weird. Uh, yeah. I liked the ride. Like, I had heard terrible reviews of it. And it so, wasn't as bad as everybody said, but it wasn't the most amazing thing ever. My biggest issue with it is it's too short. Mm. Like, if the ride was one or two minutes longer, I would have been okay with it. It just, it was a lot of buildup for very little payoff. Yeah. The coolest thing that happened to us at Universal Studios was on Men in Black. Um, oh, I love that ride. I don't know if you know, uh, it, it's, it's not... It's not hidden knowledge, but it's not super public knowledge. You can ask at Men in Black to take the immigration tour. And if you are in line for for Men in Black, normally you walk around this catwalk around the top and you yeah. look down and you can see the aliens uh, who are the checking the other aliens into yeah. the to the, through through immigration. Well, you can ask for the immigration tour. So we asked for that and the the young woman who was working the front of the attraction said, "Well, we do do that, but we have to wait until until later in the afternoon when there's more people staffing the attraction. Uh, they and we're like, that's fine. So we got into line to do the ride anyway. And then um, as we were waiting in the pre-show area, this kid started crying, this, and he looked panicked. And the cast member at that point was into his whole "I'm now a man in black" spiel. He put yeah. on the glasses and the jacket and. The kid's trying to get his attention and the cast member's doing his thing. So my friend Lori was with us and she went into full grandma mode and took the kid out of the room. Like you can just open the door and walk out at any point. It's not... It's not uh, Where common. Where the kids' parents or guardians? Well, that's the thing. Okay, he just gotten point. separated from his parents. Uh, anyway, so we, the, the other three of us, hung around in the pre-show room to talk to the the guy who was all of a sudden the man in black, and said, "This is what's going on. Lost kid. 
Um, our friend is comforting him out front. We just wanted to let you know what was happening. So um, he gets on the phone, calls his team leader, and he says, just wait here. We, we'll, we're going to do something for you. And we're like, okay, whatever. And uh, the team leader comes, reunites the kid with his parents. His parents were actually at the exit of the ride. I don't know how somehow the kid got into the line oh. without his parents. How old was the kiddish? Maybe seven oh, or so eight. Just little. Yeah. Um, so because we because Lori had gone above and beyond, and we had waited around to let the staff know what was happening, the they arranged for us to get express passes which were skip the line passes Aww. we each got two skip the line passes for they were good for any ride in the park oh, that's nice and so the the team leader gives us those and then they offered to have us um skip the line at men in black right then and i said uh, i had actually was ahead with the team leader while my friends were behind and i said you know we had asked about an immigration tour is there any way we could do that and the guy's like sure so he takes us down these stairs and we get to go out on the floor with the aliens oh that's so cool and so we spent about 20 minutes down there we you could sit in the chairs he's like yeah do whatever you want you can touch the guys you can play with the computers and all the people are up above looking down at us in the <laughs> on the floor <laughs> yeah it was the coolest. And after we'd taken a bunch of pictures and selfies and uh, they just um, backdoored us onto the ride and we got to we got to do the ride. So at the end of the night, we um, we stopped by guest relations and said how great the cast, uh, the yeah, staff at nice. Men in Black was and to make sure that, uh, that they get. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So because they sometimes that kind of stuff. They get bonuses. And oh, yeah. Yeah. So. And you know what? When you're working in customer service, you almost always hear the negative yeah everybody's always willing to complain when they have bad service but you very rarely get the positive and that can really even yeah. if they don't do anything they just say oh these people said you did a good job that can really help yeah like, so we just, just wanted mentally, to make, right? we wanted to make sure that they got an attaboy That's on awesome. their work record so those were the cool things new things that we had done at universal we saw the mardi gras parade which was pretty cool they were throwing beads off and um yeah so i i i love universal then came Disney. Uh, so the first day we went to Epcot. Uh, Epcot is a giant construction hole right now. Um, there wasn't. Uh, we saw the new fireworks show. It was fine. We saw the. Th- there was three new movies. We saw those. The Canada movie was okay. They, they did all the new movies were just kind of okay. Epcot will be great again in about two years when everything is finished. They're making Epcot great again? They are. Um, Red Hats that said that? No, but they've got Star-Lord because the Guardians of the Galaxy ride looks like it's going to be awesome. (laughs) And the Ratatouille ride that opens this summer also looks like it's going to be awesome. So once those open and the center of the park is open again, Epcot will be be great. Uh, But that's enough of Epcot. What you want to hear about is Hollywood Studios. Did you see Figment? (laughs) <laughs> we did not go to Figment's ride. I love Figment. It's a great ride. But the way the park is right now, you can't go from one side of Future World to the other. You have to go all the way back out to the front of the park and around. Oh, because of the because construction? Because of the construction. Eh. Um, so... We didn't do all that much in future. We did all the attractions in the land pavilion. We rode Soren. We rode the boat ride. And we saw the new movie in there. And then we, we went back and rode Spaceship Earth. And, uh, and then we sort of hightailed it out of, we went, oh, they have a pavilion that is like, this is what Epcot will look like in oh, two years. Cool. It's called the Epcot experience. So we, we went and saw that and, 
and then we went to to World Showcase and did yeah. a bunch of it was Festival of the Arts while we were there. So oh, nice. we got to see a Broadway concert and um, we ate some good food. And we did a they did these mosaic painting paint by number things. So we ah. did that. So that was kind of fun. But uh, then the next day we went to Hollywood Studios and oh my god that park. That park is not the park it was when I was there three years ago. It is so much more. Uh, this is where Star Wars Land is. So we arrived. The park opened at 8. We arrived at 6.30 uh, to get in line to get into the park. And we were hundreds of people back from the mm-hmm. from the touch points. But you have to be in the park when the park opens in order to be able to have the chance to ride Rise of the Resistance. You have to log into the log into the um, the app and at exactly eight o'clock you can start hitting the refresh button hoping to get um, a boarding group for the ride and uh, we were lucky both days we went to Hollywood Studios we got we got boarding groups and oh, it is it is hands down the best ride I have ever been on anywhere really. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I don't want to give too much away because I'm hoping everybody who hears this gets to go, but it is like you're living a Star Wars adventure. Um, it involves like, all, all the characters from the new movie are in it. Ray, Finn, Poe, BB-8. They're all part of this. Uh, oh, you also see Hux and Kylo Ren. It's just... <clears throat> mind-blowing. And all the people who work at the attraction are so into their roles um, that at one point you end up on a Star Destroyer and the cast member who is... The cast members who are, like, keeping you in queue and loading you into the ride vehicles, like, they had one young girl in tears because they were like, you will be interrogated by the First Order. Why are you laughing? You can't... You shouldn't be laughing. You know you're going to be interrogated. And this poor girl was like... Because they never break character. The the um, the Imperial, not Imperial, the First Order uh, guards are just mean. I wonder if that's what I got. Because my, my sister uh, took her family at the end of January. And uh, I guess they went on that <coughs> ride too. Because I got a picture of my niece uh, in, you know, the, the bunker area. Mm-hmm. And she was like upset. My sister was like, oh, she's she doesn't know if she likes this ride yet. But I guess she liked it after that. So I'm like, I wonder if she got talked to by strangers it could be yeah. it could be because you start you start in a resistance base you end up on a star destroyer and so you're surrounded by imperial officers or first order officers and then you get rescued by the resistance so that's sort of in broad strokes what happens in the ride they pull off some things in this ride that people who go to theme parks a lot think they know the trick and then they pull the wool out from under from over their eyes and and People think they do a different trick. Than they do a totally different trick, and uh, yeah, it's mind-blowingly good. Uh, and the ride portion probably takes five minutes, but the whole experience of it is closer to twenty. Oh wow! With the pre-shows, there's a couple of pre-shows. There's a holographic ray. There's I've a shuttle trip. Footage of that, and it looks like it's really it's amazing. Well it's amazing. It's full size ad ads. Full size ad ads. Electronic like, soldiers. The that room that I posted the picture of with all the stormtroopers. Yeah. That's just like a pre-show area. Like that. And that was that was after a mind-blowing effect that just. 
it blows everybody's mind. Um, so that that's rise of the resistance. The whole land is so immersive, right? There are no designated character meet and greet spots. Star Wars characters just sort of roam around. You'll see Ray and Chewbacca together a lot. Um, there'll be first order stormtroopers. Uh, marching up and down the far end. It's basically divided. One end is resistance. One end is first order. And um, uh, rarely the twain shall meet. Um, there's a character named Vi Marathi who's appeared in comics and novels specifically about Batu, And she uh, shows up uh, often. I had a really cool interaction with her at one point. I, I uh, She hid behind me while uh, stormtroopers were pro- patrolling the far end. Yeah. Uh, it was it was pretty cool. There is a video of that somewhere. Hopefully, it surfaces soon. Um, the The market area is set up like a market area on on a Star Wars planet. Um, they, you know, they have special words for different things. You don't have a cell phone. They ha- you have a data pad. You don't the, you don't go to the bathroom. You go to the refresher. You know, they don't say hello. They say bright suns. So you know, it's it's kind of cool that it, that the people who work there are really into it. Uh, the food is pretty decent. We ate it. I ate at Ronto roasters, which is where they grill sausages under a pod racer engine. Um, that was kind of cool. We went to Oga's cantina and I had one of the specialty drinks. It makes your lips numb. Uh, did you have any blue milk? Yes. Uh, so there's a milk stand. Um, they serve blue and green milk. We ordered one of each and I'll tasted both of them. Um, Which is better? I like the green better. Um, the blue milk is kind of berry flavored and the green milk is more citrusy. So I like the, I like the green better. It's an almond milk based um, drink. Yeah. Um, I believe you can also get it alcoholic. You could add, um, I don't know. Karelian rum or whatever to it. Um, Wait, almond based. That means I don't have to take pills. At <coughs> exactly. Uh, it's. Uh, I would say I have drank it. I don't need to do it again. Um, I don't think. I don't think it's got quite the popularity of butterbeer, um, but it's fine. It's for what it is. Um, there's a cool the Disney Play app, which is sort of their in park. You know, keep you occupied while you're standing in line. They have this cool um, Galaxy's Edge game where you get to you get sent on missions and you get to you know poke into different corners of the of the park. You're and, supposed to like, scan boxes. And yeah, stuff like that. yeah, scan boxes or translate the Orabesh language on it. Uh, there's the photo ops are amazing. Like everywhere you turn, there's something cool to look at. Even like the water fountain. There's a water fountain where you can refill a water bottle, and it's got this tank on top that's got a glass front. And as you're filling your bottle, the tank goes glug 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 glug, and all of a sudden, this creature with an eye pops up out of the water and looks around and drops back that's down. That's so cool. It's very cool. Huh? <coughs> very cool. So yeah, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, um, we went there two days. And spent probably a couple of hours in Galaxy's Edge each day. And I feel like I really just sort of scratched the surface mm. of it. Uh, there's just so much to look at in all the shops. And uh, I'm hoping they do add more sort of show entertainment elements in the area. I think that might come once the hotel that they're they're going to set up. Yeah, cause, because the way that's going to work is that Batu will be like 
a port of call on yeah. your cruise. So um, I think that'll happen. Uh, you can see the big entrance gate where that's going to come in, where people will come in from there. Uh, the transitions from the other parts of the park, um, if you come in on the resistance end, you actually walk through a tunnel that looks like New York City, and then the tunnel gradually becomes more rough-hewn rock work, and you walk out the other side, and you're in the resistance. The other end of the land, you actually come in from Toy Story land. So it's like you're wandering from Andy's backyard through, and, and um, if you talk to the people who work in Toy Story land, what Galaxy's Edge is, is Andy's Star Wars playsets. Because in Toy Story <laughs> land, you've been shrunk to the size of a toy, and right. all the toys are huge. So if you ask the people in Toy Story Land, what's next door is Andy's Star Wars playsets. And so so that's how they get away, away with that um, uh, over did there. Did you see any of the free-roaming droids? While you I did there? not uh, see any of the free-roaming droids. Oh, wait, did we? No, no. Um, uh, because they still have the Star Wars, um, uh, what do they call it? Uh, the, there's this outside of Galaxy's Edge, there's the Star Wars... Uh, it used to be the animation tour, and now it's the Star Wars tour. Uh, that's where you go to meet Chewbacca. Or, well, is Chewbacca still there? Darth Vader, BB-8. We went. We did the BB-8 meet and greet, and uh, yeah. And I think they have droids roaming around in there because it's oh, okay. a little more controlled area, yeah. uh, but not in Galaxy's Edge. Cool. Um, yeah, uh, Animal Kingdom. The Pandora um, Avatar section is gorgeous that ride is fantastic we got to do that twice too we were lucky enough to snag fast passes twice for that attraction uh it's a fantastic ride simulator ride um uh big curved screen and you ride on a banshee and it's it's pretty awesome um my friend here was hoping that would get turned into what I don't know. I think they spent a lot of money. Um, I th- now that they own the property outright. Yeah. I don't think Avatar's going anywhere. It's um, it's a really cool alien uh, environment, uh, and they've spent a lot of time working on uh, show elements, and the food there is fantastic. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't think Avatar's going anywhere anytime soon. Cool. And Magic Kingdom is still the Magic Kingdom. It... Uh, it's the same as it's always been. Uh, but the Tron coaster is coming along. Yeah. Uh, the one ride I didn't mention is Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. Uh, the first time we rode it, I got to be the pilot who um, shifts the ship into light speed. And that was one of the coolest things I've ever done. <laughs> uh, the second time we rode it, I was a gunner. And the guy who did that, when they, when they say it, when Hondo yells... You know, make the jump to light speed. He's like, I've waited my entire life to do this. <laughs> so Aww. it's um, it's like a giant video game, yeah. Uh, with the with the most intense graphic processors you can think of because the graphics are amazing and uh, it's it's pretty mind blowing what's done. Uh, you've heard since I got back that about the Chewbacca mode that's on that yeah, now. Yeah, they apparently cracked it like that, or got published like the yeah. day you were flying back. Yeah, it's Chewbacca mode. So when you're on the ride, Hondo tells you what to do. Yeah. 
if the six people who are in the attraction, uh, the um, the six people get in the in the cockpit at once, and if the six people do these precise button moves before the cast member hits the button to start the attraction, then you get Chewbacca mode, and instead of Hondo telling you what to do, it's Chewbacca. Uh, Just yelling. At yeah, you. but then you don't know what to do because. Exactly. So I'm glad it was Hondo. Hondo is cool. The animatronic Hondo looks amazing. Uh, the uh, and again, this is a ride where you do stand in line for a while, but just before you board, you're in the passenger compartment of the Falcon, and you get to sit at the chess table and hang out in the uh, in the kissing hall. And yeah, exactly. It's the kissing hall. <laughs> it, it gave me goosebumps. Like you were actually on the Millennium Falcon. It's amazing. So, Ryan, would you like to guess what the code to get Chewbacca mode is based off of? Is it up, up, down, down? Left, right, left, right, the VA total. start! Exactly. <laughs> the Konami code. It yeah, is. It, it's, it's it, not exactly, but apparently right. it's Because it's there, are two, there are two pilots. One only moves the ship left and right, and yeah. one only moves it up and down. And then there are two gunners, and they have two buttons each and then there are two engineers and they have a couple of buttons too i never got to be engineer uh, engineer grapples the unobtainium or whatever the stuff is that you're looking for basically the plot of millennium falcon smugglers run um is a takeoff on the train heist from solo mm. yeah so it's pretty cool, cool. and uh depending on how well you fly the ship comes back more or less damaged <laughs> and and your exit queue is different depending on how damaged it is. The queue's not different, but but the voiceover that you hear. Uh, well, isn't there like smoke or something? Like, I never saw any smoke, uh, but okay. maybe your ship wasn't that damaged. Yeah, maybe yeah, you I guess guys I'm did not a good that job. Bad a pilot. So, so it's from awesome. Disney World, we go to Disney Movie. Mm-hmm. We uh, saw Onward, the new Pixar flick. About an hour ago. Well, more than that. Ninety now. minutes ago. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, we got a Simpsons short before it. Yeah, I thought that Sorry, was interesting. It was boyfriend. adorable. It was very cute. It was a little odd, but I guess it's to sort of start to doctrinate us in, like, Fox properties or Disney properties now. Yeah, like, how, what was the, how was it worded at the beginning? Disney, Disney presents the Simpsons? Yeah, or Disney? Yeah. yeah, something like that. And it was fam- very family-friendly <coughs> Simpsons, other than the... The start with the books that all the moms are reading, <laughs> which I did laugh at, and I can feel a couple mothers that I know would find it funny. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a mother, and I found it funny yeah. and accurate. But the but yeah, it's the world we live in now, right? Is mm-hmm. they're all under one umbrella. Um, I was kind of happy to see The Simpsons that way. I just thought it was odd, like it, like the all the way, like it was odd that it was a Simpsons short. It was kind of odd that it was family friendly, completely, like mm-hmm. almost completely geared towards kids. And it was odd that it wasn't a Pixar short in front of a Pixar movie, just because I've gotten so used to that, right? Right. Uh, and but I, I'll be honest. I think I like Pixar shorts better than most of their films. Mm-hmm. But you know, this isn't the first time we've had a non-Pixar no, short because we had that just a we had weird. that Frozen short in front of was it Coco? I think there was that Frozen twenty-minute Christmas movie that was in front of one of the Pixar films. I don't think it films. was in front of Coco because maybe it was. I don't recall Toy Story Four. But. Yeah, but uh, so let's start off with Jen because she's talked the least in this episode. 
<laughs> what did you think of Onward? It was adorable. It was basically... Uh, it, was, it was what I expected it to be, which was kind of nice. So the whole... If you don't haven't seen the trailers, the whole premise of it is um, these two... Uh, it's a world... It's a fantasy world, but basically they realized that... Um, Science is more convenient than magic. Magic is hard. So, you know, they have all of our modern conveniences, except for they're all magical creatures, which I think is a really cool premise to begin I, with. I like the unicorns as trash pandas. Yeah, so. the unicorns are ba- <laughs> unicorns have basically become raccoons, raccoons. which is hilarious. Except bigger and horse-like. Yeah. Um, so it's these two elf brothers. Uh, their father passed away, uh, I guess, before the youngest one was born and it's his 16th birthday um and this isn't giving anything away because it's all in the trailer uh they the father leaves the two brothers a magic staff and a spell that brings him back for one day 24 hours but when they cast the spell it doesn't go entirely according to plan and you only get the father from the waist down so basically you get a pair of pants some purple socks and some funny shoes well not funny shoes but dad shoes um, and then the movie is them on this quest to try and, uh, get another Phoenix gem. Yeah. Get right? another Phoenix gem. I am trying to do the non-spoilery version. <laughs> it's not a spoiler. Oh, I'm just so going over what's in the trailer, right? So it's them on this quest to, to, uh, finish, complete the spell and, uh, bring back the rest of their father. So, I mean, the thing I like. Good, I like best about Pixar movies is that I usually, and I always use Brave as the example, is that I rarely ever know what the actual plot is until I see the movie. Like when I watched Brave, I had no idea what it was about until I saw it, which I really thought was cool. You didn't get anything from the trailer. This one, um, I could, going in, I could tell you how it ended. And I mean, that I doesn't. kind of did at the dollar store before the yeah. movie. Yeah. And I mean, that doesn't make it a bad movie. It just makes it predictable. Yeah. But it makes up for. The, the plot is very predictable, but there's a lot of good jokes. Um, it was very funny. Ryan, I know, was laughing through good chunks of it because I was sitting next to him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was laughing through good chunks yes, of it. We, we had a good time. We did have a good time. There, there were some nice visual jokes. Yeah, some great visual jokes. And, uh, I mean, it made the ending did make me tear up. Yep. Um, I think it's because now I am old and, you know, a lot of my friends have children and my sister and Brent's sister both have children. So, you know, I, I see things from the parent eyes and it made me choke up a bit. Uh, but, again, I basically could have predicted the ending from the beginning and but i i still really liked it i mean it was adorable it was so cute definitely good for families bring your kids it's not scary uh anything that could be scary they kind of comedic comedicize it they make it kind of funny so i mean i don't think that it anybody would be frightened by it uh and it was just a really nice movie i i quite enjoyed it and considering I've only seen two movies this year, it's, I think, above Birds of Prey in my mind. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my review. I quite liked it. Ryan, what did you think? Uh, I, too, quite liked it. I um, I think if you have an interest in or in D&D at all, whether it's just a... Oh, yeah, you know, that kind of stuff's kind of cool or interesting. I've never played myself. I probably would never play, but it's cool. Or if you're someone who, you know, plays every week, uh, you will find things in this movie to enjoy and laugh at and with. Uh, 
Well, considering this pretty much is a D&D campaign, is yeah. what the movie is. Yeah, we didn't do spoiler warnings. Are we going to be spoilery, or are we just going to... I don't think so. I don't, no, I don't think you can spoil this movie if you've seen mm, the trailer. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, I haven't said anything really that's spoilery. Yeah, I, I know. No, you haven't. I just wanted to see if we were going <coughs> or not. I think we can pretty much do a review without necessarily going... Yeah, but I also way. feel like if we like detail the entire plot and every step of the way, that's spoilery. Well, I'm not doing I know, that. I'm not accusing you, Ryan. I'm just saying for the other two and for us when we make more comments, are we going to spoil or not? <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. Get all defensive. Anyways. Uh, no, I enjoyed the movie. I uh, I thought the animation was well done. Lots of nice, you know, colorful mm-hmm. pictures moving on the screen. Uh, the acting was was well done. Like Chris Pratt and Tom Holland. Yeah, yeah. had some good on screen chemistry, There's like some... voice wise. Despite the fact, like, you wonder how much of it they actually recorded together, though, too, right? Mm. Like, I'm sure there was some. Yeah, but. Well, I'm sure there must have been some to, if it got to the point where the two of them want to start doing an Avengers D&D campaign, <laughs> the, a D&D group together. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I liked it. Yep, yeah, you know, I got teary-eyed at the end. It, uh, you know, it, it, just like every other Pixar movie. Because we's gets old. You. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no, I enjoyed it. Kevin? I, I liked it too. Um, I wouldn't put it in my top half of uh, Pixar films. I thought it was a solid movie, like most Pixar movies are. Uh, it just it it was lovely. It had really great voice acting, and um, uh, it had some funny moments. And uh, yeah, I don't know where I'd rank it in my Pixar movies. I'd have to have. It's a list no Toy Story or Incredibles. Finding or, Nemo, uh, I think, is one of my or top. Finding Nemo yeah. is my top Pixar movie, and uh, yeah, I don't. It's not as good as that one, uh, in my opinion. I, but yeah. it's still so cute. I would rank The Incredibles as my favorite Pixar film, but uh, yeah, I, I it's 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 a good family film, and it's been a while since we've had one of those. I guess maybe Frozen Two was the last one, mm-hmm. so it's been a good four or five months if we had a good family film in in theaters. And uh, this is a good one. I like the uh, I like I like the I like the concept of the film. Yeah, uh, almost more than the execution. Yeah. The- that would be where I'm at too. Actually. Yeah, I think this sets itself up for a good Disney Plus or even just like a Disney Channel cartoon series like mm. in this world, the world yeah, of onward. Yeah, that. yeah, I'm very much like Kevin. I, I, I've always said that like Pixar is a lot like pizza. Even bad Pixar is still pretty good. <laughs> yeah, and not that this is bad, but like. I think it's the the predictability for me that, and I really like the world that they set up. I think it's interesting and it's a bit different, especially for Pixar, because mm-hmm. it's um it's a very modern aesthetic to yep. the movie. Now, not a lot of Pixar movies are. Uh, no, most most Pixar movies have a modern setting. Toy Story, Incredibles. Toy Story would be the one, but it's the world of toys, and even that, right. most up, of the toys are old. Up is up would be one of the few. Monsters Inc. is like an alter. Like yeah, I, I would compare Monsters. it to Monsters Inc. You know, it's guess, it's a modern maybe. sensibility, but with monsters instead yeah, with of humans. Yeah, with a fantasy. Yeah. But for me, it was. I think it was. I I don't want to crap on it because I did like it, mm-hmm. 
But I think my problem is with it. Like, it's good, but I liked it better when it was Coco. Hmm. Because it's a very similar story dealing with family member death and not oh, yeah, I never thought certain of that. things and stuff like that. And I've never seen Coco, so I can't. Oh, go home and turn on Disney Plus and watch Coco tonight. I don't think Ryan's going to be doing that. I think he's going to fall asleep. Yeah, you were worried about me falling asleep. <laughs> but it's, you know, like, and I don't want to make it sound bad. Like, if you have, it, to me, it was it was very predictable and easygoing, which isn't mm-hmm. necessarily a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But I like, I like, the, I think I wanted to like it more than I actually did. I really like the world that they set up, though. I'm just thinking about your comparison with Coco, and it's been a while since I've seen Coco. But Very similar themes, not, well, not outright plot. The the whole but, that, but Pixar on a whole sort of does that. The whole theme of Coco, if I recall correctly, and again, it's been a while, is <coughs> what was the theme of Coco? He goes to the land of the dead yeah, to, to, find his grandfather. to find his grandfather. Find his grandfather. Okay. It was a quest. Yeah, it's 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 got some similarities, but I think the bigger theme for Onward is um, coming of age mm-hmm. and and um, the relationship that you have with your siblings. More, the father was not. Well, I mean, it was it was a plot point, but I mean, the fact that he was just pants for the whole movie yeah. oh. is not really in my mind. I mean, it was obviously a driving factor for the for the whole plot. But I didn't really consider that part of the theme. That's why when you mentioned Coco, I didn't even I hadn't even thought of Coco. I don't because know why it just it kept popping in my head the entire time. Yeah, I was watching. I, I I guess my mind was going just a different way because I'm like Coco and to me doesn't have that sibling theme and no, like it's a, the you're, the, you're the right whole that, the major sure. relationship when that wasn't necessarily the sons and the father. It was the two sons together. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it's not that it was bad. Uh, and like, if they come out with a sequel, I'll definitely go see it. Mm-hmm. Like, because I, w- I think they weirdly, I think it's one of the few Pixar movies where I'd be more interested in the sequel and what they do next mm-hmm. than the like. They've set up the world. They set up these characters. Right. I like the characters. I like the relationship <coughs> between all of them. Excuse me. Um, I I like what they've done with a lot of the stuff there, but it, it's the story itself was like. Was okay, mm-hmm. like for me at any rate. But uh, yeah, Chris like, Pratt was at his Chris Prattiest. Yeah, um, I thought Tom Holland actually did a pretty good. Mm-hmm. Job. Oh, they both yeah. did. And, uh, they were both. And good. same with that. I didn't realize it was Julie. Julie Louis Dreyfus is the mom. the mom. And usually she's somebody I don't particularly like. Mm. I liked her. I like. Oh, the fact I didn't that, realize that was who the mom was. I like the fact that the stepdad. Is not particularly well liked by the children, but like, he's not he's bad. Okay, but he's not like a horrible guy. Yeah. They're just like yeah, and eh, he's well, kind of corny. Yeah, the reason that because he's not really a stepdad, he just says the they they say he is that by the he is by the yeah yeah. But by the end, the relationship between the stepdad and and the kids has been fixed ish. I like that everyone, everyone. Every character in the movie has grown or changed by the experience by the yep. end, uh, including the Manticore, <laughs> who I think is one of my favorites in the film. I liked, I loved her. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. There's a lot of, like, sort of celebrity small parts in this movie. I was looking up the cast uh, a little bit earlier, and, like, some of the small characters are 
sort of famous to, mm. to rather famous. Yeah, I didn't realize the pawn shop owner was Tracy Ullman. Ullman. <laughs> and Ali Wong is one of the is the fawn cop. Yeah. When they get pulled over, that was the other thing I did like is that the the, uh, the representation wasn't overhandled and they haven't made a big deal out of like like how some of the Marvel properties have of like we've got a gay character, mm. but it's not one of the superheroes. And like same with this is there was like a gay character who mentions the fact that she has a girlfriend in it. Yeah, and that was it. Totally normal. Oh, which Great. character I must have missed that. Uh, one of the cops. The, that... the cop the oh. the Cyclops cop <coughs> when when he she she's talking to the right. to, and and she's like, Oh yeah, my girlfriend's kids give me a hard time too. That's right, that's right. the whole mention. And I like that, but I also like the fact that Disney hasn't been trumpeting that. Right. Especially because it's a kid's movie, too, which is... And, I mean, that's the best way to get those kinds of messages across, is just to make it very normal. And uh, Wilmer Valderrama, of all people, does a voiceover in this movie. I knew that was him as soon as he... Oh, really? I I recognized it? He's on NCIS. Who is he? He was the dad's college friend. Oh, no, I know who Wilder Valderrama is. I just... That that Ian meets at the... um, Oh. At the place that's now serving second breakfast. Like I I was saying, it's like a a lot of the smaller parts are played by actors that you know, but... Overall, I'd say go see it. Yeah, definitely yeah. go see if it. You have, definitely if you have kids. It's a, yeah. it's or if a you kid's just, movie that you can take them to and won't go insane watch. Right. Well, like Ryan was saying. You've, don't go. Don't take them to see Sonic. Take yeah. them to see If this. you like D&D, if you like fantasy, if you like... Yeah. The kids who are sitting Sonic. around us seem to be really into it, yeah. too. I was so. really into it. I really liked it. The dragon. One of the kids lost their boots by the end of the movie, though. I I heard the dragon part. I love the dragon design, (coughs) and I thought that was just brilliant. Like, and that's like a lot of the design elements and the animation and the character thing. uh, I really like it. It's for whatever reason the the story just didn't grab me as much. Did anyone else get a Smurf vibe? They lived in houses. They were all blue, and they lived in mushrooms. I'm like, but it was called Mushroomton. (laughs) The the village was called Mushroomton, or the town, the city. So. A new Mushroomton. New Mushroomton. But yeah, overall, solid. We've overall. had a good start to the uh, the movies this year. Well, at least the ones we've gone to see. Yeah, and uh, I don't know what we're seeing next. Mulan. Well, the Bloodshot comes out before Mulan. So Mulan. Mulan. <laughs> I, have... I guess Kevin and I are going to see Bloodshot. I'd like to see Bloodshot. I keep, I keep sliding back and forth whether. I... I think it's going to be a passable action movie at the very least. But, yeah. But, uh, with that, we come to Geek Picks. Who wants to go first? I've got one. I had one, and then I got I sleepy, and now I don't remember what it uh, was. Um, so I was just browsing on Hoopla's comic book uh, database there and grabbed a Star Trek trade from the library uh, online service, and I've been reading Star Trek The Q Conflict. Um, okay. Which is it was a four issue miniseries, IDW. Uh, IDW. It came out uh, last year in uh, floppy form, and um, it is a fun story where um, Q and uh, three other omnipotent beings who we've all who we've seen on Star Trek before, including um, including the Squire of Gothos and uh, uh, the Metron. Um, 
they are sort of at war with each other. And in order to solve their conflict, they each recruit a team of Starfleet officers to compete for them in a series of games. So it's a totally dumb concept where... Um, it's the Star Trek contest of champions? It really is. So uh, the each team gets a captain, Kirk, Picard... Janeway and Cisco, and then the crews of Deep Space Nine, Voyager, Classic Trek, and Next Gen are, they're not each, they're not each on their own ship, they're scrambled all about. So, like, Riker is Janeway's first officer, and Picard has Spock, and... It's funny you brought this up, because the, I, of that idea that I pitched you for a future episode when we're in the movie theater. Yeah. Basically the same thing. Yeah. I uh, feel like Riker and Janeway would not get along. Actually, well, he likes how zippy her little ship is. So, uh, yeah, uh, it's been it's been quite fun. I'm I feel like Janeway would not like Riker. <laughs> they, uh, I think, I think Kira is on her team too. So, okay, that would help balance yeah. it. So it's it's just fun and silly um, Star Trek um, story and. Um, it is of no consequence to greater Star Trek continuity. I'd be more worried about Riker having sex with the ship because it's a lie. Oh, and um, oh, right. <laughs> Kirk's got Worf on his team, so he's a little leery about having a Klingon on his team. Yeah. So. Which, like, how old is Kirk? Like, classic Kirk? It's classic Trek so, <coughs> five-year mission oh, Kirk. Okay. So Klingons haven't killed his boy yet. No. Okay. That sounds kind of cool. Actually. It's really fun. Yeah. And it is by, let me just say, it is by uh, Scott Tipton and David Messina. Ryan. Uh, I picked up uh, issue one of Strange Academy this week, which is the new Marvel book uh, written by Scotty Young and drawn by Humberto Ramos. And it's pretty much the, you know, that's going to be the school for magical beings in the Mm -hmm. Marvel Universe. Uh, they've got a, a, a property in New Orleans that has a spell on it that pretty much makes the property like a TARDIS. It's you know much bigger than it actually should be where it is, and uh, they've got uh, dorms and classrooms and like their their astrology classroom takes place in space and should be all kinds of weird. It's also like Marvel's Harry Potter. Yep, is what it's going to end up being like. You know, some of your teachers are your you know, you're more famous with magical beings from the Marvel Universe. Brother Voodoo. Brother Voodoo is like one of the headmasters. He's like almost headmaster, maybe even his yeah. house. Yeah. Um, Shaman's there. Shaman's there. Loki's there. Loki shows up with a an ice giant to bring to the school. And some there's some young Asgardian boys that were like one out of that's just a scene. I, I just, like, oh, and then all of a sudden Loki walks up to them and like, kind of puts them in their place. And like, oh, and they're like, oh, well, we're so sorry, King Loki. And because I guess he's, you know, king of the ice giants at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scarlet Witch is going to be a, a teacher, magic. Um, the girl from the runaways. Oh, Nico. Nico. So, yeah, so I guess they're going to have a lot of. Like the teachers that are going to come and go from you know depending on what adventures they're in at the time mm. and uh, the pretty much at one point uh, I guess the end battle uh, Doctor Strange shows because one of them may say oh well uh, is Doctor Strange not going to be you know, the you know the the not going to be teaching us at all and all of a sudden he shows up he's in the middle of battling some magical thing and like invites the kids to join in <laughs> and uh, it's pretty interesting yeah is that floppy or trade. 
floppy right now because it's just issue, issue one. Oh, okay. I'll that's probably a lot pick for... up the trade because yeah, I was gonna say that sounds like that sounds good. Hmm. But it's a very fun. It has a good issue one had a good quick pace to it. Mm-hmm. A lot of introducing characters. Uh, reminds me a lot of the Wolverine and the X Men when yeah, he was that, running the that's the school. What I was kind of thinking too. And I really enjoyed that, so that's why I thought I'd, from reading the preview, I thought I'd pick this up, and uh, Mar- yeah, I wasn't disappointed. Marvel has had quite a few, like, let's train kids superhero books over the years. Well, it's also part of an upcoming thing that they're doing where uh, teenagers, teenage superheroes might be outlawed. Uh, and, uh, uh, I, think it's called, I think it's called Outlaws. It's yeah, that involves the champions, champions and a lot of that generation. Because there's also, the, I mean, the New Mutants, that's what that was. Yeah. And there's Avengers Academy. and Well, it'll be, all be interesting <coughs> to see how it all ends up. Because I guess there's a big Marvel event coming up called Empire. Yeah. With uh, the Skrulls and the... Uh, uh, the other guys, the blue guys. The Kree. The Kree, that's the ones. <laughs> um, Pass Ryan's bedtime. Yeah, I never, I never remember names anyway. <laughs> uh, invading Earth, being led by uh, Hulkling. Yeah. So from uh, Young, Avengers. Young, Young Avengers. That's another book that I keep wanting to get. Is that original Young Avengers run? It's a good run. Really good. Yeah. I think I'm gonna have the first trade. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think that I think there's only like four. Like I yeah, they didn't last very long. Yeah. Like a, a decent sized hardcover. But okay, cool. uh, yeah, no, yeah, I enjoyed it. It, should, it looks like you know. I love the Humberto Ramos's style mm. of art, so that, that you know, uh, and I wasn't really familiar with Scotty Young's writing. I know that he does those little cutesy drawings. Like the oh the, yeah, Scotty so. Young's a great. He's a, he's a decent know. writer though too, because uh, we really enjoy. Uh, I hate Fairyland. <laughs> yeah. He writes and draws. Did any more of that come out, or did it? No, finish? it's been on hiatus uh, for a while. But uh, yep, yeah, so I I had it added to my pull list, so we'll see how it goes. Jan. So I finished reading a novel called The Starless Sea by Aaron Morgenstern. I don't know if anybody has read uh, The Night Circus, but she also wrote that. Night Circus. Yeah. It sounds very familiar it got to turned me. turned into a terrible movie. From Did it? I, I didn't see the terrible movie. It anyway. Insane. It does sound familiar. It's, uh, it's very magical <coughs> realism, and she has a very excellent way of writing where it takes place in the real world, but also kind of has this like veil of fantasy over it, which I quite enjoy. Um, the Starless Sea is complicated to explain. <laughs> um, I picked it up purely because of I liked the Night Circus, so I was like, oh, I'll try her new one. Um, but I found a review on Tor.com. That's T-O-R.com. Mm-hmm. So I'll just read the first part of that, and that'll give you an idea of what the book's about, because this person is a lot better at explaining it than I am. So the review says, Teenage Zachary Ezra Rollins finds a door painted in a wall that looks like it may be a portal into another land. He doesn't open it. Many years later, he finds a book in his university library that tells a strange story about a boy who doesn't open a door, a secret world of stories protected by guardians and acolytes, and of star-crossed lovers. The book was clearly written much before Zachary's birth, so how does it know what it does? How is it telling his story, the path, the story of the path he didn't take, the call he refused? He wonders how exactly is he supposed to continue a story he doesn't know he's in. When he finds the book, but later realizes he was never at the beginning of his story, this story is much, much older than he is, and so begins his quest. Um, I was talking to somebody at work who also tried to read it, and she couldn't get into it. And the beginning is a little bit confusing because it does jump around. It's a it's a book about stories, so it takes a while to figure out what the main story is. But 
uh, if you enjoy her writing, if you've read uh, The Night Circus, um, or if you enjoy fantasy or magical realism, you should definitely give this one a shot. So yeah, The Starless Sea. Very cool. I guess it's my turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, special mention to X-Men. That comic is just so good. I'm yeah. only giving it special mention, though, because... Like I've been ever How since many it times have you picked it? It's just yeah. Well, as Ryan and I, I picked Squirrel Girl for the billionth. Yeah, as Ryan and I keep saying, is like I part of try. the enjoyment of the story is the mutants live on this fantastic like paradise right now, and, and it's we all going know to go how the mo- mutants world usually work. You you know it's going to go to shit, but when's it going to happen? Yeah, I really want to read House of X and Powers of yeah, Ten, and they're starting to sow those seeds in. Like uh, I won't spoil it for anybody, but so when Scarlet Witch went, no more mutants. Mm-hmm. Back in House of M, two million mil- mutants or something like that yeah. lost all their powers. Well, they're still mutants. So they, in theory, they should be accepted on the island, right? Right. But they don't have their powers. But with their new resurrection protocols, they die. They get their powers back. Mm. Well, I thought, how do you handle that? They've got a way, and it's kind of awesome. They don't want the millions of people committing suicide all at once just to be resurrected and overtax the system. And also they feel that people should choose, because some of those mutants don't want their powers. Right. right, and the system also makes them earn it, which also brings up the question of Genosha mm. and what do they do about that death pit? <laughs> so, like these, so and there's like other things that are being written into it that might be red herrings or might be legitimate part of the problem. Like there seems to be a lot of the these mutants who have been resurrected seem to have problems sleeping, or at least when they're sleeping on the island. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, and I, I want. I also want to read that Fantastic Four uh, X crossover. X yeah, and crossover that Chip Zdarsky's reading because it's all about basically Franklin Richards having to start and make his choices, which is also kind of awesome because he's one of the most powerful mutants in the Marvel universe, supposedly. Mm. But uh, yeah, and my second one, not quite as fun. Uh, I'm a little slow on the uptake, but. Uh, I've been watching HBO's Chernobyl. Mm. It's so good, but it is really heavy stuff. I've had to take like breaks. I'm on episode three, and I'm looking forward to and also dreading episode four. Like it's like oh, so well done. But it's about the Chernobyl disaster. In case anybody couldn't have figured that out from the title. So that brings us to the end of this episode. Um, not quite sure what we're covering next episode. When's Mulan coming out? Uh, soon. Assuming it doesn't get pushed back. I know it's March, so I don't I, think it's the 15th. I have an idea, but I don't know if anybody is keen on it. Which is? Hey, uh, we do a commentary track for Cats. It's not out yet. When we find it, isn't it? No. Well, it's out in theaters, but... Can't still be in theaters. It was terrible. <clears throat> It, yeah, but it's, well, it's not out on home video yeah, yet. Just like Mulan Mulan doesn't open yet. for three weeks. So But Bloodshot is next week. It might be Bloodshot or it might be I have another idea for a show that we might end up doing. So Ooh. um Picard will almost be over by next recording. Yeah, so Gen, three I can spend time to catch up to you. 
yeah, we'll uh, we'll have something. So pay attention, and then we'll see you next episode. See ya. Bye. Bye. Set your phasers to sexy. You've been listening to the True North Nerds, recorded at the Utility Cupcake Research Kitchen. Reach the nerds on Twitter at True North Nerds, on Facebook under surprise True North Nerds, and you can reach them by email at truenorthnerds at gmail.com. If you like the opening theme song, it's called Set Your Phasers to Sexy by Kirby Crackle from the album Sounds Like You. Please go to kirbycracklemusic.com or look them up on iTunes and buy everything that they have made. You won't regret it. So set your phasers to sexy.